basically, we're, we're back for a little emergency podcast here. Uh, just to react to the news, since we just recorded last night, we, we figured we, we'd throw something up just about what's happening, what we think of it, what our reaction is. Uh, there was a bunch of sort of, you know, negative reaction I saw on Twitter from UNC people, from... Uh, what was this? What was Kentucky the people. Of it? Somebody, somebody said, "Hey, Calipari had to get his hip replaced, but he waited until after the season." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Roy Williams has bad knees, and he was like hobbled through last season and the season before. But he didn't bail on the team in the middle of the season. And oh, every time Krzyzewski has problems with his team, he bails. That kind of thing. Because ninety four, ninety five. I mean, my first. As soon as I heard the news, yeah, it's actually funny because that was our very first experience, our first experience on being Duke basketball fans. Yeah, as freshmen, we 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 lived through the ninety four ninety five season. Him taking the rest of the season off. At the time, they said it was a back issue, right? It wasn't a back issue. I mean, all the rumors around campus, from some of my sources at the time, were telling me he had had some sort of. It wasn't just his back. He had overloaded it himself. He was a workaholic. He was just trying to do too much. Yeah. And he, he basically collapsed, not just physically, but, you know, he had some sort of breakdown. And he had to readjust his priorities in life a little bit. And after that, he always talks about how he, he did delegate more. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, his assistants weren't his guys. They were guys... They're professionals, Pete Caudette, and uh, who was the guy, the assistant at Syracuse, uh, Mike Bray. Yeah, not, Notre Dame. Not Mike Bray. The guy who ended up coaching at Fairfield. Tim O'Toole? Uh, I can't remember. But Quinn, I think he actually replaced Pete Caudette, the guy I'm talking about. But Quinn Snyder was on the staff, I think. Yeah. It wasn't like there were no Duke players, but it was – now he's got his guys doing most of the work in practice, running the drills. Uh, he's more of a manager, I think, these days. More of like a, a figurehead leader. I mean, he's in it. Yeah. But in terms of being equipped to kind of run practice in his absence, I don't think that's as much of an issue as it was 22 years ago. And in terms of just how the the program is positioned. Right. I feel like we're well positioned to to go without him for a month. I mean, it might even be a good thing. Get Jeff Capel some experience. I mean, he's he's the next coach, right? And we get to see him not in like a one-game situation like last year, but a whole month, maybe more than a month, maybe the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, mean got, back, you know, back issues are tricky. It could certainly be longer. Right. I mean, yeah, so my initial reaction was, oh, no, not again. But my guess is that he's he's well positioned in his mentality these days, and he really just has to get this taken care of. And you know, yeah, I mean, if, back if, for if, the, if we take the information that's out there <clears throat> at face value, then I mean, he has a herniated disc. He's got to get that taken care of, and then there's a timetable for recovery, four weeks. Um, Right. There were a lot of accusations 22 years ago. Oh, he battled on the team because it was a loser. He didn't want to hurt his record. All yeah, that but people, BS, people are, but they yeah. don't remember. 
They were they, nine and two when he left. They were nine. And, they were nine and three. They had lost their first ACC game, but they were still, I think, like ranked eighth nationally. They had just beaten Michigan by double digits, and Michigan was a ranked team. We had returners off of the, you know, yeah, the team that lost in the finals. You know, they had lost Grand Hill, but but we had Cherokee Parks, we had Jeff Capel, we had Chris you know, Collins. Chris Collins, Eric Meek, big recruiting class, Trajan Langdon, Ricky Price. I mean, the team had talent, and we competed in a really hard ACC. We lost a lot of close games. The narrative that, that some of the haters want to sell is that he bailed on a, on a, on a dog, a on a dog team. of a team. And yeah, it wasn't his best team. I don't really buy that. Yeah. And this doesn't really connect either. I mean, I don't. Well, there's a few negative stories lately. We, we got crushed at Virginia Tech and the Grayson thing. Uh you know, today's Krzyzewski, he's, you know, I don't think he was incapable of handling the Grayson Allen. He had to, like, leave because he was embarrassed or anything like that. So yeah. let, let's treat it like it's just a straight-up news story. Krzyzewski's got an injury. He's getting surgery. And hopefully he'll be back in a month or six weeks. Right. Um, and what does this mean for the team in a, in a year where – there's so many unknowns and variables. There have been so many hiccups this year. So many. All the injuries to the freshmen. Like the freshmen the are going to have to learn to play with each other. They're going to have to deal with their chemistry issues. And a lot of that's going to take place in the next month when Coach K is out and he's not there in practice and he's not there you know, on hand in team huddles for games. Then he's going to come back and then the kids are going to have to adjust to him again. Like It's just a constant sort of like hiccup-filled season yeah there's not a lot of straight lines yeah it, it's just a lot of stopping and starting it, it, as a fan it's sort of hard to know what to make of it <clears throat> right like what do you mean like I was really excited about Harry Giles and then I was like oh I can't get excited about Harry Giles this is like preseason and then it's like oh I'm excited he's coming back oh he only played three minutes I'm not I can't really get excited yeah. Oh, he looked good making one move. Well, he still can't play him. But there's that. There's Bolden. There's Tatum. And Tatum, we can probably get pretty excited about still. But, you know, we had guys that were cohesive and played together well as a team early in the season. That's not the team. Yeah. Right? We have a coach with a plan, maybe. You know, this redemptive arc for the for Grayson that I envisioned not, in my mind. I'm not buying this redemptive arc. You know, there's that. I don't think Coach K's masterminding some some crazy comeback comeback kid story for Grayson. Well, it's just like, you know, how is this a steady ship is the question. With all these variables, all these different pieces sort of operating on their own, you know, any one of them would be kind of a disruptive thing that – you know, there's three or four guys injured. Grayson's also injured, by the way. He has turf toe. There's his disciplinary issue. There's Capel stepping into a new role now. Coach K absent. Coach K coming back. If he was just out for the year, you'd be like, okay, well, here's the challenge. But it's like, Capel, is he entitled to just make changes while Coach yeah. K is gone? So let me ask you, how much free reign do you think Capel has? I know Picaudet wasn't really able to consult that much with Shushevsky. Shushevsky really took that time off 22 years ago. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I imagine I think his wife 
put her foot down and said absolutely no connection to the team. Right. You know, like you need you need to just rest. Right, which was part of why people thought, oh, this wasn't just a physical issue. But but now is that going to be the same way? Is it going to be? It's Jeff Capel. You know, it's his family. Can he pop over and talk to him, you know, next week when he needs to? Can he give him a call every night? We don't know. We don't know the answers. Yeah. And well, do you, do you remember the one game that Capel coached last year? Something happened to Coach K. Coach K was hospitalized overnight. He was sick. Yeah, he got sick yeah, in the morning. Something like that. But like, or, uh, yeah. it wasn't really clarified, I don't think. But... I, I definitely remember Capel sort of sort of took like a free reign over the team. Like I, I remember the team was really struggling defensively. I feel like Coach K had sort of said, look, we're going to go with zone a lot. And then in the Georgia Tech game, we just played man-to-man or, or something like that where it seemed clear mm-hmm. that Capel just changed course. And maybe it was because Georgia Tech was bad enough that we could play man-to-man and, and be okay. I remember Cable talking about it as if it was sort of a, a test for himself yeah. and the team. And he wanted to not have to burden Coach K. He wanted to show him that they could do it without him. Like, take care of yourself. Get well. We got this. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it'll be the same mentality. I mean, I know – let me ask you a question. Do you think – you know, are you optimistic about the changes – Capel might make do you, you know we we've criticized some of the yes. some of the rotation, you know problems they've had this year the way they're in you know not playing I mean, the bench much. Do you anticipate Capel's going to make some big changes? You know, are you hoping he will? Yep, maybe I think if he does, I hope he plays Bolden fifteen twenty minutes and he plays Giles twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, if he's allowed. Yeah, uh, don't play Jeter. Play Matt Jones a little bit less. Uh, play. Is he, is he gonna be like Coach K plays these guys thirty eight minutes a game? All the the, the big important starters. All Matt the, Jones gets thirty eight minutes, and we don't understand why. So like, well, we may, understand. Maybe, we understand why. I mean, he's his guy. He's a senior guy. He's a defensive glue guy. We know from the past. He's demonstrated from the past that he likes guys like Tyler Thornton. Um, just people. People like him. People were like. We are a little bit puzzled, like, why is that guy in there? But it's clear that this guy was a great leader, great practice guy over four years, and now his senior year he's going right. to play and but lead like, the team. I'm basically saying, is it wrong that part of my reaction is... His happiness? Is like, <laughs> this is actually kind of a good thing. You know what? Cable's going to loosen up the rotation. We're going to get to see more of the guys. He's going to... A lot of these guys might feel like it's a second chance, the guys that are not getting any minutes. You also know that the stunning success we've had in recruiting is to a large degree because of Capel, right? A lot of these guys are Capel's guys. Capel's guys. Like man once we recruiting. started getting hall after hall after hall in recruiting, it's because Capel showed up. Yeah, and if Capel, if Capel spent a lot of his personal capital and yeah. personal time getting Bolden on the truck, Capel right. may be looking out for Bolden in a way that Coach K isn't. Yeah, and, and if you, like, my mind just immediately went to the Brandon Ingram thing on the Players' Tribune when he bid goodbye to Duke or whatever. I remember, like, in a, in a number of the recruiting trips, Coach K wasn't there, either because of he was ha- having surgery and he was recuperating or he had um, Olympic duties. So, I mean, 
Capel is the head guy in terms of recruiting. Yeah. Um, and he's next in line to be the coach. I mean, we both agree on that, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously no word has come out on that, but, like, he's mm-hmm. o- he's overstayed his welcome for somebody with his resume, with, with his pedigree, with his background. He's, you know, when, when Oklahoma— I mean, He was a good coach at VCU, took him to the tournament, coached Blake yeah. Griffin at Oklahoma— didn't wasn't there for ten years, but was there. It was it was there for a number yeah. of years. Had compiled a winning record as when, 170 wins lifetime. When he came to Duke, I thought, okay, he's just it's a stopgap measure. He's going to be here for a year or two, and then he's going to go coach like you know Seton Hall or you know s- some decent program. But the longer he stayed, the more I scratched my head, like why hasn't he found a head coaching gig? Because clearly he's a head coach. And then it dawned on me, it must be because there's there must be some sort of handshake under the table agreement that you're going to be the head coach. That, that would be a logical suspicion. And when you yeah. told me that a couple, you know, a couple years ago, I was like, yeah, it might be right. Um, that said, he doesn't have as much head coaching experience as you would want necessarily for the guy who's taking over one of the top two or three successful programs in the country. But this, what, what this, they, this what, may be a cure what, for that. What would the alternative be? Uh, well, if you're going in program, the alternatives are, are not are not that many. Yeah. I mean, Mike Bray was an assistant. He's pretty good at Notre Dame. Right. Uh, Tommy Amaker's got the most experience of all, the, and he's polished and seasoned. He's at Harvard. He's doing a nice job. He seems to like his life there. My guess is he would come to Duke. But he hasn't been successful on the big national Scale at Michigan, Michigan and Seton Michigan Hall. and Seton Hall. He didn't never got to a Final Four. Didn't get to an Elite Eight. Probably. I, I actually think, to, no. I actually think he really struggled to the point where he might not have even gotten to the NCAA tournament. Maybe if yeah, yeah, he got there one time. He didn't do didn't do as well as a lot of the Michigan coaches have done in terms of just wins. Yeah, wins and results. Uh, he has the respect and admiration of the Duke community. Um, but yeah, I don't know who Dalton the... Tommy Amaker? Yeah, you'd have to go outside. Wojo, maybe? Well, Wojo's young, but again, he hasn't had that much success. Quinn Snyder is the most successful Coach K protege. Quinn Snyder? Quinn Snyder's the coach of the Utah Jazz. Right, Quinn Snyder has a bunch of NCAA allegations hanging I, over I'm just saying. Like yeah, he, I, I'm yeah. not sure he could come back. And he, his Missouri teams were pretty good. He was a good recruiter, and he's, he's a good because coach. Because he cheated. <laughs> I think it was specifically recruiting. Yeah, yeah, he had a recruiting problem. Well, I mean, he didn't have a recruiting problem. I'm just saying, if you're asking who the most successful Coach K protege is, yeah. not in college, but just in coaching, it's Quinn Snyder. You know, he's Coach K's George Carl, I guess. My vote is you throw out the red carpet for Brad Stevens, bring him back to college. After Brad Stevens, Brad, after anywhere. Brad Stevens gets it in his head that he he'll never beat LeBron, you bring him back to Duke, and he can just be the king of the castle. Right. I mean, I, you know, I think we both agree that it's probably Capel. They're probably staying yeah. in house. Capel's been yeah. a fundamental <clears throat> part of the resurgence of the program over the last so many years in recruiting. Yeah, and we should and we should talk up Capel. Like he, so he was the youngest head coach at VCU. He was hired when he was twenty-seven, and he really turned that program around. He won a ton of games. He went to the NCAA tournament. And he sort of paid, he paved the road for, I think the next guy was Anthony Grant, and then it was Shaka Smart. But VCU is sort of a household name. I mean, I think Shaka Smart took him to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, then Capel went to Oklahoma. 
And that's his backyard. He grew up. His dad was the coach at Old Dominion. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is also it's in Virginia, right? Where's Old Dominion? You got me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in Virginia. <laughs> Probably. We don't know. But then when he goes to Oklahoma, he gets not only Blake Griffin, but if you remember, he also got Willie Warren at the same time and then a couple of other McDonald's All-Americans. So it's clear that he can coach. And when I when I think about, like, I'm sorry, not coach. He can, he can clearly re- recruit. He can, recruit. he can clearly recruit. And when I think about that, like, if you hear Capel in an interview, like, he has a very burly, baritone voice. He's got a... He's got gravitas. Yeah, he like he's like that strong-armed uncle that you'll always, like, he'll give you advice and you'll listen to. And I feel like both he and Nate James are sort of like big, burly guys with deep, baritone voices. I feel like young kids will really respond to that, and maybe that's that plays into why they're so successful in recruiting all these McDonald's guys. Like, they all, you know... I mean, we Duke didn't always recruit this well. Like in the, I want to say in the 2000s, we would get a few studs here and there. We would a, a big class would be like getting two of them, like Greg Paulus and Josh McRoberts. But we we lost on out on a lot of big guys. Yeah, when we were there, it wasn't always Quinn, like yeah. Quinn Snyder pulled some nice recruits. <laughs> Did he? Won't ask too many questions. <laughs> but yeah, Jeff Capel is uh, up up the game. When I hear him interviewed, when I hear him speak, he he's not trying too hard to impress, but he does have this this pull to him, this confidence, and I think it comes. And when he talks about basketball, it's his whole life. He grew it's up the coach's son. Yeah, he he was a a big time player, big time player. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't do as well as an upperclassman as we might have hoped. Yeah, he exceeded but, expectations as a freshman. Right. And then steadily uh, had some un- injury, under, uh, underwhelmed expectations. Had some injury issues in the middle of his college career. Yeah. But he, he was really good. He was a really good player. Yeah. He just didn't have enough around him to duplicate the success. He was a little success. too loose with the ball, I thought. A little too carefree. But good shot, good athleticism, tall. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes down to it, He's got a great relationship with Blake Griffin. He's got experience with the Olympic team. I actually ran into Blake Griffin one time at a Vegas nightclub. Oh, yeah? This was uh, in the summer right before his rookie year, and I and I talked to him about Capel, and he said he loved him. <laughs> oh, there you go. Love the guy. Well, that's good. Told that's uh, that's good. Capel was in my uh, Dean Wilson History 91 <laughs> class. Was it History 91? American I was, History. I was in that class. Yeah. The, he was in that class? Yeah, he was down towards the front and the left. He showed up every time. He was in there with two other players. I think it was uh, Wojciechowski. No, I, I would remember that. Yeah. No, I think Capel was in there. Okay. You know, I saw him around campus a few times. I liked the cut of his jib. Uh, but the point is, Capel has a pretty decent resume, and he's in the right place at the right time. Like, there really isn't another in-house alternative. Uh, the other guys are too inexperienced or too unsuccessful. You're talking on staff right now. On staff right now, and just guys <clears throat> yeah. that, that have risen up through Coach K that played at Duke. Um, I mean, Nate James maybe, but like uh, Shire and, and Nolan Smith yeah. are way too young. Johnny Dawkins is the other guy. And he just hasn't been successful enough. Yeah. You know, it's too bad. But, I mean, he's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's coaching at Stanford in the Pac-10. I mean, that's a tough, tough gig. Yeah. That's like that's like saying, hey, he's Chris w- Collins isn't successful because he couldn't succeed at Northwestern in the Big Ten. You know, like, 
they have such high academic yeah, standards. Yeah, it's not that he's not successful. These guys are successful. Yeah. They're just, I don't know that they're, that they, they have the argument to make. That's all. Yeah. There isn't but, really But the argument is so yeah. stiff of a challenge. Like, who's going to replace Coach K? It's just. But here's the thing. There's nobody. Even if that is the plan, Cable screws it up over the next month. <laughs> you know, he could could face some criticism. I don't think he will. I think I think he's going to do great. I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see what happens. It, there's just another wild card in this season, and we have no idea what to expect going forward the next three months. And that's kind of nice. Like a lot of times, we know exactly what's going to happen. These five guys are playing 35 minutes a game. Coach K is going to coach the same way he always does. They're going to play the same type of defense they always do, and they're going to win, you know, 27 games and have a shot. Like they still, all those things might still happen, but you know, we just don't know. It's going to feel earned if good things start to happen to this team, where a lot of bad things have happened. You know, and I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, there's a chance for that, and. They're they're loaded. That's the other way. This, this team's so loaded. Isn't I mean, like when I just, 94, 95. I, I just look at this team. I I mean, their their sixth guy is like Frank Jackson, who's yeah. unbelievable. Well, the best player on that ninety four ninety five team was Cherokee Parks. Yes. Who had a pro career of sorts. He was in the league a while. Yeah. But he wasn't like an NBA starter. They didn't have an NBA starter on that team. This team arguably has three or four of them. But what's interesting is a couple of them are plastered on the bench, you know, because of injury or whatever. Um, and Grayson Allen, I don't know what is, you know, we just have, we have, we're loaded. There's a lot of talent. It's not at all like 94, too, 95. Yeah, too many unknowns right now. It's certainly nothing like 94, 95. I can't believe people are actually comparing it to that. And, well, it, uh, the similarity, there are similarities. It's the same time of year, you know, so it, yeah. it prompts the flashback and, I mean, I saw that video clip that Jeff Goodman did. He he claimed that you know people are are sort of pointing fingers at Coach K that he's jumping ship on another losing dog. Like he he claimed that Coach K quit that ninety four ninety five team when their record was nine and eight, and that I don't think that was true. I think he quit it when it was nine and three. Yeah, he absolutely quit when they were nine and three, and yeah, you know, just the comparisons like it's. Yeah, and that it's, team had uh, won a lot of I mean, the games they had won, they had looked good. And it's not like they had no one on that team. It wasn't like the cupboard was empty. Right. Like we've been over. But this year, this is a year where he was probably pretty excited to coach yeah, these guys. This is a team he doesn't want. Even to. with the tripping incident. Even, Come on. Right. Like, you know, he's sort of bigger than this now. Um, the real question is is this going to. I mean. How's the team going to develop from this point with all these variables? But also, how's this going to affect his exit from coaching? Because we had, he had seemed okay to us, and we had assumed, like in my mind, I thought, well, he's going to be here another at least another year or two, maybe three or four, you know, coach into the, well into his yeah. early 70s. Now, you know, I, I hadn't thought about those off-season let's, surgeries. I mean, who let's, knows? Let's say if he wins a national title this year, he rides off into the sunset. Uh, it it should like you know Coach K's uh, health and he always just looks so healthy, you know he looks young. Right, but we assume we, yeah. we too many. When you look at him, you're not really looking. You know, you're you're seeing a composite memory of Coach K for many many years. Yeah, 
I mean, when you when we saw the replays of the Duke UNLV game, of the early, the early '90s Final Four games, when they showed that, yeah, at the T-Mobile Arena, he lo- he obviously looked so young, so so young. Yeah, I mean, he's but he doesn't look like a seven year old now. I mean, not to my eyes. I bet you he feels like one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seems like his physical issues are are you know there's a multitude of them, uh, and. You know, I think his experience. I mean, we should want him to take as much time as he needs, and we hope we hope he has enough in the tank to stick around a few more years. But uh, I wonder if I wonder if uh, this will expedite uh, the way he's thinking about retirement. I wonder if he's been thinking about it the last few weeks as he's just been in pain, or the last six months as he's had to face these surgeries. We're not privy to the internal workings, you know. Yeah, I'm sure he's got like a, a sort of like a, a tentative timetable. Yeah. You know, I, he seems like a pretty calculating person. But ultimately, maybe Mickey gets to make the call. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we, we don't know that maybe, he's, bar, maybe he's overstayed what he originally had thought. I think he has. You yeah. know, like when he, when he first brought on Cable, maybe he was like, look... Three more years and I'm done. But then with each passing year, the better he feels. He's like, okay, maybe just another year or two. And then he's going to take care of Cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a Bill Guthridge situation because Bill Guthridge was about... Didn't have aspirations. Well, he was, an old, he was yeah. much older. I mean, if it is Cable and Cable does a nice job here and in you know, maybe not this year, but in a year or two, it is Cable and they plan... I mean, it, it would be good to... To kind of plan it out and even so people know it's coming that would be great right and if it is him I think we're, we're, we're good we're in okay hands but if it's sudden and there is like if this is it you know it turns out you know like he can't walk yeah he's just really not not well at least for a year and this well they probably will transition right and what does that mean for the program? Because people didn't see it coming. Is it okay? What does that mean for next year's recruiting class, the year after? I mean, someone's got to get on the phone with Wendell Carter and Gary Trent and the guys for the next year's class and the class don't, after don't that. Don't forget about Alex O'Connell. Well, this is why it's good that Capel's the one who's been running point on recruiting, I guess, and Shire and you know Nate James as well. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, the next game's at, at home, Georgia Tech. Uh, Coach K will be on the bench. It'll be his last last game that he coaches, and then his surgery's on Friday. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, so there's one more game oh, with, with Coach K, and then he's got the surgery scheduled. So we'll see. See what happens. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting... What an exciting year. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Not, I thought at this point people would be... Placing their wagers on if Duke will go undefeated the rest of the year or not, but no. now I'm <laughs> I, now I feel like if we make the Final Four, that's that's pretty lucky. Like that'll be a pretty good, pretty good season. Yeah, uh, yeah. We have no idea what's coming. Out. Hopefully, nothing else big comes at us. You know, we're new on this podcasting thing, and you know, it, we might need to call in help. If anything else goes on, I don't even know what to say anymore. But, uh, but at least we've had we have something to talk about. We picked an interesting year to start this. I mean, last year would have been kind of 
frustrating the, the start of the podcast, right? 2015. We just would have been complaining about the defense all year. 2015 would be a good year. Um, yeah, okay. So, we both feel okay. World's not ending. It's no big deal. Not that big a deal. Get well, Coach K. We wish you the best. Take care of yourself. Yeah, and to the to the coaching staff and the players. Man up. Let's do it. Win one for the Gipper. <laughs> nice. All right, go Duke. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys. I guess maybe maybe next week. Next week. Hopefully not tomorrow. Yeah.